Hey, my name is Lucas, and I want to welcome you to the official podcast of Coastline Young Adults from Coastline Church in Victoria. This podcast is dedicated to encouraging you in your faith and helping you apply it to real life in real time. Here you'll find messages from our weekly service at Coastline Nights and other conversations where we talk and tackle what it means to be a follower of Jesus in today's culture. Everything you find here will point you to the truth and hope of Jesus. So grab a beverage, enjoy the message, and lean into how God wants to speak to you today. It's been my heart for a little while to let some other voices and as you've seen that, it's happened. We heard from Trina in this series. The incredible Trina. She's my wife. Hello. We heard from Pastor Steph right there. Hello. So good as well. We've heard from different voices. We've heard from Adam and Andy and different people, and it's been really encouraging. And I just thought it would be a lot of fun to hear some of your voices, to give the mic over a little bit to your peers, this community, the different young adults that, are, that we kind of come together and embody. And I wanted to hear from them kind of what is a hero for them. And so I asked, I tasked them really. I said, you have five minutes, not 501, not 511, Michael, like five minutes only to, to really just share from your heart what it is um, that you see, not just in, biblically as a hero, but what is something that maybe we can take from it as well. Because interestingly enough, I might read a scripture and Bren might read a scripture and it may give us kind of two different perspectives and that's the beauty of reading the word and we can come together and share and talk about that and kind of embrace that. And so I wanted to hear their different perspectives. their different kind of unique perspectives on a specific hero. And so they've all picked different ones. Um, they've all kind of some New Testament, some Old Testament. Um, I just felt like they all had something to say. And so I wanted to give the mic over to that. I want to give you a couple things though before we just release them to the lions. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> It's hard to preach a sermon sometimes, okay? I just want you to know that. It's hard to preach. I, I love preaching, but it's, it's a challenging task. The weight is not lost on me, and I don't think it's lost on them. And I want to encourage you. Um, I know for me, I would rather preach for 30 minutes than for five. It's hard to preach for five minutes, okay? So first and foremost, we're going to be a house of grace tonight. Do you understand what I'm putting down, okay? Secondly, I want you to encourage them. If they say something good, say that's good, okay? And really why I'm doing this is so, so that you'll start doing it for me, because you guys are quiet quieter than quiet, like a church mouse, and they're real. I've seen them. You know what I'm saying? So everyone's feet just went up. So I just want to, I want to encourage you to encourage them, okay? I want to encourage you to encourage them. The way the format's going to work tonight, it's not just like I'm timing on my watch and when I think they're done. No, they literally, there's a timer there. There's going to be a timer there. They get five minutes, and at the end, we boo them. Or we, No, I'm just kidding. We don't do nothing like that. I'll give them kind of a warning if they're not done yet. And then as they wrap up, we can applaud, we can clap, we can cheer them on. Okay, that's, that's our heart. That's our plan tonight. I also want to say this. Um, they're going to say some good stuff tonight. They really are. I haven't heard it yet, but I know they will. Because here's the thing, I really trust them. And I trust this community that you're continuing to even dive in your own faith. And I really believe that tonight is not a night just to like hear your friends speak and applaud for them. But to maybe take notes, to pull out your phone and really be like, that's something I haven't thought of or that's an interesting take. Because each one of these people I do know and I do trust that they're listening to Holy Spirit, that they're reading the word, and that they have something to say to you tonight that will encourage your soul for this week. Are you hearing me tonight? That's so good. Drika, do we have a timer? We got a timer. We got one. I'm so excited. I, just, I think I just have this craving to put someone under the pressure. Like it's a weird thing. No, I'm just kidding. And so I, I said that at the start. I asked who they wanted to go first and they couldn't decide. And so I thought we'd let the crowd choose. No, we're not doing that either. That'd be, that would be really mean. So I actually got their names all cut up here. I'm going to walk them out. We're just going to do it like this. Are you ready for this? 
Come on, it's gonna be fun. Are you guys ready? Do we have a timer ready, Drika? Maybe I should introduce them, hey? I'm all excited, but I should probably do that. <laughs> Here we go. Let me introduce you to our speakers tonight, because listen, they only have five minutes, so they're not doing any of that themselves. Uh, first over here is Zach Richmond, friends. Come on. More commonly known as Zuggeroo, or Uncle Zug, as my kids, or ZR Goose Hunter. At ZR Goose Hunter Instagram. Check him out. Like, follow for follow. Um, is that still a thing? Uh, Zach, if you were any Avenger, which one would you be? Uh, definitely not Ant-Man. Uh, probably Spider-Man. Spider-Man's just cool. But, oh, but is, is he Spider-Man? Toby. Toby. Toby Maguire. Toby Maguire Spider-Man. Ew. Um, Toby's weird. This is Delmar King. Come on, everybody. Show some love to Delmar King. Our resident theologian. Delmar, because you are so wise, I want to ask you also, which superhero are you in your mind? Batman. In my mind, Batman. And all the guys said, amen, amen. Because every guy dreams of being Batman one day. Over here to my right is Grace. Grace, also to you, similar question. What superhero? Who, who would you be if you could fly? Just super, I don't know. I'm trying to ask the question differently to sound good, but it's the same question for all of you. What superhero are you? Okay, well, Jackson DeJung told me I was Captain Marvel, but I vetoed that and I would like to be Tom Holland Spider-Man. Better than Toby. Better than Toby. Can I get an amen? Better than Toby. Yeah. And all the Gen Z said one thing and millennials said another. Okay. To my left here is Jess. Okay. All right. Jess brought the fans out. I like it. Jess, which superhero are you? I think I would be Iron Man. <laughs> nice. There's something awesome when someone says that I am Iron Man. Like, it just feels... I am Iron Man. Josh, do you agree? Fiance agrees. Thumbs up. For, thumbs up. Thumbs up. And finally, we got Mickey Music. Mickey Do over here, as I like to call him. Michael. Michael, you worship the Lord so well. I love when you play drums. I get saved every time. Which superhero do you think you are? And we will judge you for it. Uh, Black Panther. What kind of forever? Did I pressure you? No, I'm just kidding. Here we go. You hold this. You may not be starting. I love it. Here we go. Are you guys ready tonight? Let's hear it, hey? Five speakers, five minutes, five heroes. I'm really excited. Drika with the timer. Get it all ready to go. Should I just, should I cheat? Because I can kind of see it. First is... Zach Richmond, first up. Let's go. Grab that mic. Zach, your timer begins in five, four, three. Now. Never mind. Now. How are we doing? How, where's the, where, where do you like to hold it? Just real quick. I planned this for my time, so where, right here? Okay, thank you. Um, how are we doing? Everyone good? Okay, okay. I think the 10.30 is better, but, or the, the 11. Perfect. Just trying, taking tips from you. I'm, we're good, we're good, we're good. Um, so I wanted to talk about a hero in the Bible. Um, I chose Gideon. Um, I'll give some context to the story. Uh, we'll go through some scripture, and then I'll explain why I think he's uh, an awesome hero, but also someone who's extremely relatable. Um, so, uh, if you want to open your Bible, we're in Judges chapter 6. Um, 
the context to Gideon is, excuse me, um, Israel had gone through 40 years of peace and they were following the Lord. And if you follow the book of Judges, they always go through a lot of ups and downs. And so at this point, they had been through seven years where um, the tribe of the Midianites had been kind of controlling them. They'd been robbing from them, um, attacking them. So Israel is in a low place at this point. Um, so the Lord, Israel calls out, they say, God, we need a leader. And so God says, okay, I'm going to send an angel to Gideon. And uh, so in Judges 6, 13, um, Gideon says, if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? And where are all the miracles our ancestors told us about? Didn't they say the Lord brought us up out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and handed us over to the Midianites. Then the Lord turned and said to him, Go with the strength you have and rescue Israel from the Midianites. I am sending you. But Lord, Gideon replied, How can I rescue Israel? My clan is the weakest in the whole tribe of Manasseh, and I am the least in my entire family. The Lord said, I will be with you. You will destroy the Midianites as if you were fighting against one man. Um, I, I really like the story of Gideon. I think it just kind of shows that God uses imperfect people in his perfect plan. Gideon is in the lowest tribe. He's weak. He is not uh, King Saul. King Saul was picked because he was the tallest to be king. Um, Gideon is not that. Gideon is low on the totem pole. Um, and I, I think a lot of people, especially in this age, we kind of go, why would you pick me? Why would you pick me to use to do this task, God? I'm I'm not fit for this. These aren't my gifts. I don't feel comfortable doing this. And God says, I don't care about that. I've picked you because you are the perfect person for this. If you don't see it, that's okay. I see the plan I have for you. Thank you. (laughs) Um, (laughs) The story goes on that Gideon Gideon has a lot of doubts about still leading. And so he asks God for a sign. He says, God, if I'm really meant to do this, I'm going to put out a piece of cloth overnight. If it's filled with dew, if it's wet from the dew, but the ground is dry, then, then I'll believe I'm ready. I'm the one you've chosen. Next morning comes, the cloth is wet, the ground is dry. He says, great, I still need another sign. If the ground is wet and the cloth is dry, then I'll know. Sure enough, ground is wet, cloth is dry. He says, okay, I, I, I'm ready to go. I, I know that you've called me to do this. And so if you keep reading, uh, Gideon goes on. He, takes, he starts with uh, 32,000 Israelites to go fight the Midianites and through a bunch of tasks that God has him do to get the best soldiers, he ends up going to fight the Midianites with 300. Uh, a big drop off if you're not good at math like me. So um, Gideon ends up taking 300. They, they shout their horns, they blast their ram horns and they light their torches. They go on, they defeat the Midianites and uh, I think it just shows God does not care what, what your gifts are. He doesn't care about the number that you're going against. He doesn't care about what you're facing. God cares about uh, heart over height. Come on, Luke, you love that line. <laughs> I think that's the best part about Gideon, though. I th- it's, it's such a short story, but it really shows that it doesn't matter who you are, where you're from. God has a plan for you. You can trust his plan. Yes. You can have doubts. I think a lot of people at this age, the, the young adults, we have a lot of self-doubt. And God just kind of puts that aside and says, don't worry about that. Trust in me. I've got this. And I've got you. That's, that's pretty close. That's, that's pretty close. so good. So good. Give it up for Zach. Give it up for Zach. 
You can, you can pass that to the next person. It's a great word, Zach. It's a great word. It's a great word. Heart over height. That's like circa 2016. I cannot believe he pulled that out of there. That is like youth group, old days, love it. Zach loves the heart over height because at one point Zach was this tall. Um, and since then he's way taller now. Great job, Zach. One more, one more shout out for Zach. What a great word. Really great word, honestly. Who is it going to be next? Drum roll, please, in the house. Here we go. Gideon is done. Great word. Mickey Do! <laughs> now, this is the guy I'm most worried about going 15 minutes because he's so good at it. So, are you ready for this? Can you do five? I believe in you. In Jesus' name. <laughs> he's going to be so good, I won't be able to stop him, though. All right, you guys ready for this? Come on, let's go. Five minutes on the clock. All right, yeah. Hello, everybody. Uh, today, I mean, they asked us to speak about one hero, but I'm speaking about three people. I know, Lucas called there. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. <laughs> but that's also because heroes aren't always solo. Right. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, right. they were a group of people that built a community that was able to grow their convictions and help their weaknesses. Right. And that is where I will just pick my point from today. And it's about community. Sorry, I need to just unlock my phone. I don't know why it's not in my face. All right. So the three Hebrew boys, they were friends with Daniel, actually. And in Daniel chapter 2, you will see where the king ordered the killing of the wise men in the land because nobody could tell him his dream. Yeah. But Daniel had friends that he could go to and say, hey, pray for me. I went to the king and I told the king to give me time. So you pray that God will show me mercy and reveal the dream of the king to me. I'm saying that your association determines what you are. Mm. Proverbs says, if you walk with the wise, you will be wise. Right. But the companion of fools is headed for harm. Right. And that's what it is. You know, I really believe that community is God's, is God's method to keep all of us safe, to keep us in good counsel, and to keep us on the right path. Yeah. If, your friends, if your friends are not people you could call up and say, hey, my girlfriend just broke up with me, pray for me. And they are not saying, hey, let's go drinking, let's do this. Like they say, I'll pray for you. I have an interview. Can you pray for me? I have, even when your reality doesn't align with the word of God, they are able to speak the word of God over you, hold your hands and say, we are here for you. That is basically God's method. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, even when the king offered the food and Daniel said, we would not defile ourselves with the king's meal. They were able to, they were not, it wasn't one person that was weird. There were four people and they were able to draw strength from community. Really That's like one of the first things I want to say. So the second thing is really what they were able to build on the strength of that community. And that was take a stand against the king's idols. Wow. They, I feel like this is like the heroic moment. And I want you to just use your mind to paint this picture. These people, three of them, stand against the king after they said we would not bow. Yeah, And then the king is like, you have one more chance to bow to this idol. And I don't know if they recited it together or they had a spokesperson. But the Bible says three of them replied the king. And he says, we do not need to answer you on this matter. That means our mind is made up for God. And there is nothing in the world that would make us consider bowing to your idol. 
And here, before the king, the nobles, the elders of the land, they stand and they say, we will not bow. And even if you throw us in the fire, our God can save us. But then they say, even if he doesn't. Like, it's the idea of whether we're going through good times or bad times, we have a community that holds our hand, that every time we get in that space, we remember that we serve a God who is able. But even in this time that we're waiting, he's still God. Yeah. So imagine this, guys. They say, we will not still bow. We're here, and they're there standing, and the king is furious. It's like, hit the fire up. Like, the people that hit the fire even die. And they... And then he throws them in the fire. And we know the story. I don't need to go through that. And a lot of times, you know, we, we sing the song, there's a footman in the fire. Every time. But we forget that these people made a choice to go into the fire. Wow. They did not love their lives more than the God that they served. In all of their pursuits, they wanted to make God proud. Yeah. They wanted to make God proud. All I'm saying tonight is that sometimes... Our greatest superpower is the community that we have. So good. That's why we gather here to hear the word, to worship, but to encourage one another. So when you're done, say hello to somebody. These are the friends that keep you in line. I have my community, Freedom Group. I speak to them. We drop text messages, pray for me. And we are able to come together and talk about things. We stand together as the church of God standing against culture, trends, and saying we stand for Jesus. Thank you. Oh! Nailed it! I, uh, Michael did message me a little bit about what he was thinking. I just want to say, honestly, the thought about heroes and community, like we've been focusing on one person, it's a brilliant thought. When I hear you speak, it makes me want to love Jesus more and, and, and stand up in my faith more. Thanks for that word. Can we give it one more time up for Michael? Really good word. You get to pass the torch. The scary bucket of, I don't know. Are you guys ready for another good? Come on, isn't this fun? This is so good. Here we go. Really good words. Drum roll, please. Grace and Jess. What? I'm not looking at it. How am I? I'm looking at you guys. Let's go, Grace. Let's go. Proof, just proof, proof, proof. Okay, wait, Timer Drake, ready? Don't start it. No, wait, I don't have my laptop on. Drake, don't start it. I get all five minutes. Okay, I'm ready. Okay, so today I'm actually talking about an unnamed biblical hero, which is the woman who bled for 12 years. And so if you're unfamiliar with her story, I'll recap it really quick. There was a woman in the Bible who bled for 12 years, and she used everything that she had, all of her resources, to try and find a solution, and nothing worked. In fact, she got worse. But she heard that Jesus was coming to town, and so I'm going to spoil the story. She actually goes to him and gets healed. And so as I was prepping for this, like the big thing that I kept coming back to was rock bottom. Like at the time when women were menstruating, they were actually deemed as unclean. And there was this whole process that they had to go through afterwards that was really demoralizing and invasive. And on top of all of that, she was ill. So she was isolated and ostracized and hopeless. So like you can see where I'm getting this rock bottom from. And I know we're starting off really inspiring. <laughs> um, but as we continue on in her story, She's at her rock bottom and Jesus is in town. And so she decides she's going to go see him. And so 
when she's entering this crowd of people seeing Jesus, this takes bravery. At the time, she could have been shoved or hurt or called names or kept away from Jesus, like literally anything in this crowd could have happened. So she enters the crowd and touches Jesus' cloak and is instantly healed. And Jesus turns to the disciples and he's like, who just touched me? What just happened? And I picture the disciples being like, Jesus, we're in a crowd. Everybody's touching you right now. Like, what are you talking about? But he knows, like it says in scripture, his power left him. He knew he had healed her. And so the one verse I want to talk about tonight is Mark 5, 33, where it says, the woman with fear and trembling, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And so we're going to come back to that in a second. But to finish off the story, she's healed, admits to Jesus, she touches him. And like he says, there's three different ways he says it, but he says like daughter, he, he names this woman. And he says, you know, go and like your faith has healed you, go. So he names her, he heals her, and he releases her. And so, like, we call people heroes because they're facing these insurmountable odds, right? Like, they have to do something courageous. We all talked about the superheroes that we are. But in this story, her, like, hero moment, her bravery step is going into the crowd. Anything could have happened, but she stepped into the crowd because Jesus was her last chance. Mm. And so in this room, like, I'm a young adult just like you guys. Like, we all have a rock bottom, And rock bottom doesn't mean that your life has to be falling apart in every single aspect, but it could be you failed a university course or you're addicted to a substance or you're in a job you hate. Like the list goes on and we know what we're facing in this room. But my question for you is, will you take your rock bottom and go into the crowd? Because in going to the crowd, she was admitting that she was ill and she was desperate but she knew that Jesus could heal her. So will you take your rock bottom and step into the crowd with your courage and bravery? Like, that's okay. Like, it's okay to be scared and go into the crowd. The verse that I read, she was fearful and trembling when she came before the Lord after she had been healed. So you can go before the Lord. You don't have to be perfect. You don't have to have this like squeaky clean life. However, you have to tell the whole truth. That's the kicker. Our desperation often pushes us closer to Jesus. That desperate moment where you have tried everything is when you can get pushed to Jesus. And I really believe that like this biblical hero, she's in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and there's like 19 verses or something. And she doesn't have a name and we don't learn about her life afterwards, but we see this and we just get this snapshot where she steps into the crowd. So tonight, like, from woman to daughter, from like unclean to clean and healed. Like this is not something to gloss over. And so tonight I really just wanted to encourage you. I'm actually doing so well on time, but (laughs) (laughs) you have access to a God that wants to name you and heal you and set you free. And all you have to do is pick up your rock bottom and step into the crowd. So good. I love that. That's such a good word. That's such a good word. Just such a good word. And then the small flex of, I'm crushing the time as well. <laughs> Lucas tried to put pressure on us and look at me go. That was awesome, Grace. What a great word. I love, I love a little bit of the theme here I'm seeing. It's not, it's, these aren't like, like the, these verses that we're talking to these people. Like, they're ordinary people like us. And yet God uses them. And I just love that from Zach McGee. 
to grace. We see what, what God will do if we would just step out. I love it. It's so good. All right, two more. Who's it going to be? One more great. Can we actually give up some love one more time to grace? What a great word. Two more. Jess or Delmar? Jess or Delmar? Jess or Delmar? Jess or... Drum roll, please. Come on, friends. Here we go. Two more. It's been a fun night. Deli. Deli it is. Let's go. Let's go, Deli. It's all you, my friend. Hello, hello. Hang on. How is everybody doing tonight? Start the timer. There Yay. we go. Sorry. Oh, I'm sorry, guys. Um, okay, I know how I'm going to start this already. So basically, my biblical hero is Paul. Surprise, surprise, maybe. And it's because he is very straightforwardly, he's wild. Um, his writings in the New Testament are some of the most just theologically dense, and I find that very exciting. Um, an, an example is Romans 8, 18 to 21, where he goes, I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory about to be revealed to us. For the creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the children of God. For the creation was subjected to futility, not of its own will, but by the will of the one who subjected it. In hope that the creation itself will be set free from its bondage to decay and will obtain the freedom of the glory of the children of God. What on earth are you saying, Paul? <laughs> um, it almost feels like he's living in a different dimension sometimes. And again, I find that really exciting to dive into. So for me, I have found it easy to be excited about Paul's writings because in many ways, I really like figuring out how all of this stuff works together. It's almost like a puzzle that's really satisfying to figure out piece by piece. And all the more since it has to do with the things of God and his revelation to us. And if I'm honest with myself, which I'm a lot worse at doing than I like to think I was, um, I liked Paul because in some ways he makes it easy to make a puzzle of my faith, something that I could work out intellectually and individually. In many ways, he's the big theology guy, um, and I really wanted to be that, and in many ways I still really want to be that because I want to understand it all so that I can have it figured out. And then maybe then I can have the sense of peace and the sense of confidence within all of the stuff that I find that I often really crave and sometimes that I still really miss. Um, but I'm sure as many of you have learned much more quickly than I have, it is funny how pursuing something like theology can get in the way of pursuing God. I know that for myself, I chose to pursue theology and studying theology because I knew that that's what God was calling me to. And I know that for sure now even more than I did back then. Mm -hmm. But when I look over my shoulder and I'm honest with myself, I can also see that simultaneously, a part of what made that decision for me was fear. For me, it was a lot easier to think about going to the classroom than it was going into the field. Mm -hmm. What I've been coming to learn, interestingly enough, is that that Fear has ultimately played a part in God's hand in my life. Later on in the same chapter, chapter 8 of Romans, verse 28, Paul says, We know that all things work together for the good of those who love God, Amen. who are called according to his purpose. He says all things. My fear itself wasn't justified, but the idea that it being contrary to the will of God that that might somehow subvert the will of God in my life was turned upside down by the fact that he himself used that as a part to get me to where it is that he wanted me to go. And it doesn't take very much then to look at Paul and to see that you really have to be an idiot to try to use his writings as a scapegoat like that. 
The guy didn't treat faith as it was a problem to be solved when the early Christians were going through the brutal Roman persecution. That dude had skin in the game. He was shipwrecked, he was stoned, he was beaten, he was chased out of most cities that he went to. Right. He even had some, of the, some pretty strong disputes with some of the closest brothers in Christ that he had. He had every reason to stop and yet he didn't. Why? He tells us in 1 Corinthians 15, nine to 10, he says, for I am the least of all the apostles unfit to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God, I am what I am, and his grace towards me has not been in vain. On the contrary, I worked harder than any of them, though it was not I, but it was the grace of God that is with me. He tells us that because of God's grace in his life, he worked harder than any of the other apostles. And that grace is evidenced in Paul more than any of the others, exactly because of how radical his conversion was. From persecuting Christians to proclaiming Christ, God used the work of the enemy in his past to form his future, to do the things he did that are still bringing God glory today, and they will continue to do so until the end of time. That, exactly that is the resurrection power that we find in Jesus Christ. He's the one who took what the enemy meant for evil and he used it for good, that the death of our savior might be the greatest gift that we could ever receive. That is the God that we serve, and that is the God that we see in Paul's writings and in his life. So for me, I feel like it's a bit of a soft analogy relating my fear to Paul's persecution, but the reality is our lives are what they are, and by the grace of God, he uses them for big or small for his own glory. And so because of that, I find that Paul is my hero because I connect with him in a way that causes me to face my weakness in Christ, and that has been huge. Thank you. Boom. Great word, Delmar. I almost had to cut you off. But by the grace of God. No, I'm just teasing. Great word. Uh, jokingly, like, before when we were talking about this series with the teaching team and Andy and all these people, we were all kind of like, we all wanted to stay away from Paul because he's just so much. And so leave it to Delmar to do Paul so well in five minutes, right? Come on. Really good word. Really good word. So good. Drum roll, please. Who could it be? I didn't want Jess not to get a drum roll. It's kind of fun, right? You don't want to be left out. What did you know? It's Jess's turn. Crazy. Let's go. You got it, Jess. You got it, Jess. Hi, everyone. Um, the issue is now I'm thinking of everyone else's story, so <laughs> one second. <laughs> um, I was excited when Lucas asked me to share a little bit about a hero from the Bible because um, I chose Daniel because he's someone I've been, his story I've been thinking a lot about lately. And I'm going to talk about Daniel chapter 6, which is the story of Daniel and the lion's den, which I'm sure a lot of you already know. Um, But I wanted to take a little bit of a closer look at it because I think there's a part of this story that we often miss, um, where Daniel showcases the importance of remaining faithful to God um, and trusting in God's power above anything on earth that may hold power. Um, So just to give you a bit of a background, Daniel was a Jew who was in exile in Babylon, and he was appointed as an important official under King Darius. Um, And King Darius recognized God's spirit within Daniel um, because Daniel was able to describe and interpret his dream. And long story short, Daniel's favor caused envy amongst the other um, officials because he was appointed to a high place. And so they wanted to come up with a way to kill Daniel, um, so he was out of their way. And so he manipulated King Darius into ordering an edict that anyone who 
calls upon any god or man besides King Darius for 30 days will be thrown into the lion's den. And so the verse I want to highlight is Daniel's response to hearing this edict. And so Daniel 6.10 says, When Daniel knew that the document had been signed, he went to his house where he had windows in his upper chamber open toward Jerusalem. He got down on his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before his God as he had done previously. So when I read that, like a couple things jumped out at me because one, the verse states that Daniel... Um, prayed with his windows open just as he had done before. So it wasn't just something he did because his life was threatened. It was something he was already doing. He was a man of prayer. He was displaying faith. Um, and he, was, he knew who his source of power yes, was. Absolutely. And second, because of this consistency in his prayer life, he was able to trust in God, even though he knew he was facing possibly death. Um, Verse 10 tells us he continued to give thanks to God despite his circumstances. So I don't know about you, but if I heard that I was going to be thrown in a lion's den, (laughs) if I kept praying, I don't know if I would open my windows. Or, like, I'd like to think I would, but, like, truly, like, it's remarkable that he kept doing what he had done before. Um, And as we know, um, Daniel ends up being delivered from the lion's den because God sends an angel to shut their mouths. But... This deliverance is incredible, but what I also want to highlight is King Darius, when he came and found that Daniel was still alive, um, this was his response in verse 25, 26. Then King Darius wrote to all the peoples, nations, and languages that dwell on the earth, peace be multiplied to you. I make a decree that in all my royal dominion, people are to tremble in fear before the God of Daniel, for he is the living God, enduring forever. His kingdom shall never be destroyed, and his dominion shall be to the end. So Daniel's consistent prayer and his ability to trust in God's power got the king of Babylon to make a decree that all people had to acknowledge the living God. And that's one person's obedience to to prayer and to faith. And so imagine like all the people on the earth at that time who may have come to know God because of that action. And so I think this is a challenge for all of us. I know this was a challenge for me about what it could look like if we surrender ourselves to the power of God And what it could look like, you know, I think about the consistency of our prayer lives. Like, that is a strengthening of our faith. Mm -hmm. And when we daily strengthen our faith, it helps us to trust in those times when it's really hard to trust Mm -hmm. in God. Um, And there's so many things that could be learned from this story. But I hope we can take a moment to reflect on how mightily God used Daniel's life by his faith and his trust in God's power. And how powerfully he could move in yours too. Mm -hmm. Um, So... Let's continue to pray as a church. Let's continue to trust um, because we cannot underestimate the power of God. Truly, we cannot underestimate his greatness. Um, And you never know how your life could change or all the lives around you by your decision to trust in a power that is greater than anything else that we know. So, yeah. Come on. So good. So good. That's a great word. That's a really great word, Justin. I'm so thankful for it. I want to acknowledge one other person in this room really quick who is a hero. Her name is Drika. As she would start the timer and then she'd run down and take a photo of all of you. And then she'd run back up and take a photo. Drika. Sorry, just, I, I kept seeing it and I just had to say it. Can, we do, can, you, can you do me a favor really quick? Can we just put our hands together for all of these five one more time? Thank you for this. You guys can grab your chairs. You guys can grab your chairs and head off. 
the team is coming, and I'm, I'm going to close here. In a, we're going to close up here in this moment. The team's going to come. We're going to sing one more song. And I just want to encourage you with one last thought as we wrap up this whole series. Can I do that as we close tonight? It's such an interesting series, Heroes. We, we went from, you know, James, the brother, half-brother of Jesus. We talked about Paul tonight, uh, all the way to even just this woman who, who, who was hemorrhaging, who was bleeding, who encountered Jesus in a powerful way. I want you to understand something. Throughout the Bible, throughout this whole time, whatever it may be, as we read these different people and we glean and learn from their stories, that we are just, just like Jess was saying, that if we would just stop and trust and lean into the power of God, you would be amazed at what God will do through you. And I just want to like, I'm not trying to make you the hero here, because friends, we're not. We're not. I want to make that clear. (laughs) Okay, we're not the hero in the story. Jesus Christ is. But if we will turn to him, if we will lean into all that he has for us, if, he, if, if you will begin to understand that he does, like was being said by Zach, a, there's a perfect plan for your life. And if you would just run to him and ask that question and say, Lord, use me. Lord, wherever you want to send me. Lord, however it looks, I'll go. You will be amazed, blown away at what God will do through you and, and, and around you. And I want to encourage you in that. And here's, I just want you to take one step in that. And again, the worship team, you guys can come and we're going to sing. We sang a song tonight called As You Find Me. And this song, I, I, I could be wrong here, but I'm pretty sure I looked into like the history of this song. And if you go look it on YouTube, the guy who's singing it specifically is this one guy who, who was, uh, he loved the Lord. He really did. And he, he kind of just fell back into some, some different paths and different ways. And, and so the story is really this, it's his story. It's this place of like, I felt, I felt weak, I felt like I didn't have enough, I felt not good enough, and yet there is a grace. There is a love. There is a strength that comes from you that I, and I, can't, even, I can't even deny it, and every time I think of it, it just wrecks me. And then when we sing that bridge, it kind of changes. I don't know if you noticed that in the song. The whole first kind of bit of the song is this pursuit, this pursuit from Jesus towards us, the, the lost sinner. But this, the bridge changes it, and it starts to sing, Lord, if you want me, if you want my heart, I'll give you everything. If you want my heart, I will not second guess. I'll give you it all. This grace is way too beautiful. This grace is way too much. This love is way too strong. The power, like just was saying at the end of the Holy Spirit. Like Michael was saying, there is a, there's a beautiful strength in Jesus that makes us stand up and stand out for God. There's this thing that Grace was talking about, about chasing and jumping into the crowd and having courage. I want to encourage you that God will turn, like Delmore was saying, your fear into faith, this, this pursuit of him, but we can't second guess. We've got to go all in. Are you hearing me tonight? And I want to, I want to encourage you in that, to really press in deep, to, to really ask the Lord. And can I give you one practical thought here before we sing? In September, it is our heart as a church to continue to empower the next generation, the young adults, the, to help you fuel the dreams you have for yourself in ministry and in life. That is our heart that you would actually have a foundation, a biblical foundation, a a, a strong character in your own heart, a discipleship that you would be so firm in that the rest of your life is built on the foundation that we sang about tonight. And so it's it's been a long pursuit of something like this. We've tried different programs in the years to come. I am actually a product of an internship at our church, but we're going a step further. And and thanks to all Delmar's hard work that he's been doing in the last kind of couple months, in September, it is our hope, kind of late September, to actually launch something called Coastline College. And at Coastline College, yeah, this is exciting. Friends, this is more than just like a give a few hours of your week. 
This is 10 accredited courses from a university. In fact, the goal with what we're using is that one day you could get your whole undergrad here. The goal is to give you a real strong foundation that you would serve absolutely at a church. You will serve. There'll be experiences both on the, in the missions field, if you will. It'll be here at church that you will build a firm foundation in your character. There'll be biblical classes. There'll be cohort learning in community beside people. Friends, there is a path forward for you. There is a step you can take. Your future, if you're not sure, if it's vocational, if it's ministry, if it's life, whatever it is, just give God a year. Give God some time. Press into Him. Lean in. If you want my heart, Lord, I won't second guess it. That is the attitude. That is the willingness. That is the heart of someone who says, God, whatever you want from me, I'll do it. And so that is my heart for you tonight as we finish this series, as we launch some news. June 11th, the registration will open kind of for Coastline College. You'll hear more details in the coming weeks. But let us be a church and a, and a generation that pursues Jesus with everything that we have so that we live that incredible adventure in life he's calling us to live. Amen? So stand to your feet, please, all across this room. We've heard some great sermons tonight. We've heard a great word tonight. But before we leave, let's, let's put this in our heart. Let's sing this true. Let's sing this firmly in, in belief that, man, he has great plans for you. That whatever you're, you come in here with, there's a future ahead. And so let's press in. And even across this room, I know it's been kind of a fun night. We've laughed a lot, but let's, let's have a moment with the Lord here. So would you close your eyes? God, I just want to pray over you. You can lift your hands if you want. If something resonated deep with you tonight that you want, let me pray over you. And then we're going to sing. We're going to sing this song. We're going to say, God, use me. God, I'm willing. God, your love, your grace, let it, let it just wash over me and let me know it to be true in my heart forevermore. God, I pray for every young person and every person in this room, Lord, that we would know in the bottom of our heart, that we would know with such security in our mind, that we would know in our bones, Lord, whatever it is you are calling us to go after, to do, to pursue, is the only right foundation for our life. God, would we not second guess where you're calling us anymore? I pray for clear dreams, for jobs, for pursuits, for ministry, for vocation, whatever it is, Lord. I know some people just came off the missions field that are here tonight. And if, they, if you want to send them back, Lord, I pray you'd give them a firm prayer right now in their heart to know where it is you're sending them. God, will we be a generation that picks up the mantle of leadership, that picks up the heart of the church, that continues to stand up strong for you, God, that declares your goodness every single day, that can have a testimony as strong as Daniel's, that the Lord, that you would actually like reverberate through our community and work because everything you're doing in our life. So we love you. We're pursuing after you. We're leaning in tonight, God. We're giving you our heart. We're offering it all to you. Use us. In Jesus' mighty name, I pray. And everybody said...